0: BAM Radio
1: Network. Really, the art of change in schools is both an art and a science. And to ask teachers to change their practice to a more student focused practice is hugely valuable uh, for students and for teachers. It takes change in their lives. And to make that happen broadly in a school, um, it takes a leader who understands how to make change happen as well. Welcome to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio, where you'll hear engaging conversations between ASCD emerging leaders, leading authors, experts, and practitioners on the topics that matter to today's educators and
0: impact the success of every child. I'm your host, Amanda Kuliba, Carol Ann, it's great to have you on the show. Well, recently, I had the pleasure of interviewing Christina Dubay and Jessica Hockett, who are the authors of Differentiation in Middle and High School, Strategies to Engage All Learners. And I know you wrote the foreword to their book and have served as a mentor to those ladies. When you explain effective, differentiated instruction in your books, you describe several critical elements teachers must understand in order to experience success. And I've been wondering if there are certain elements that are prone to misconceptions or misunderstandings that may lead to resistance to differentiation initiatives. So could you explain any of the areas where misconceptions exist and the points that are key to clarify for teachers?
1: Well, one thing I think is a misconception is that differentiation is asking them to create a different lesson plan for everybody, um, almost like having an IEP or an individualized education plan for every student. Differentiation really doesn't mean doing a bunch of different things in the classroom. Much of the time, it means having a common goal for students, but providing different avenues for getting there. Sometimes two is perfect, sometimes three is great. On occasion, I might have four different things happening, but even at that, they usually are basically the same task constructed with different directions or different supports or different ways for students to express their learning And I think when teachers see examples of differentiation that follow that particular path, it's reassuring to them. I often hear them say, oh, I really thought you'd have to do a whole bunch of different things. There's not all that much difference between these tasks. And in addition to that, there are lots of things you can do in a classroom that really require minimal planning, but that can be really helpful meeting with kids in small groups regularly to address needs that they have, Um, presenting in multiple modes so that students can intake information, um, connect with it in different ways, really trying to study students' cultures and trying to connect what you teach to those cultures, no matter what the culture is, trying to make what kids are learning relevant to their lives. Um, There really are just scores of things that you can do that take minimal preparation and, and can make a big difference. And even when you are planning what might be a, sort of a typical differentiated lesson where you're going to have groups, maybe your individuals working on more than one thing. It shouldn't be about totally different tasks. It should be about different pathways or highways to get to the destination that you've laid out.
0: Thank you so much for that answer because that really cleared up some things for me. But now switching to the side of the school leader, What do school leaders need to know about those critical areas of differentiation and common misunderstandings so they can effectively lead for differentiation and have all teachers buy-in? Well, your
1: question, of course, is a very large one because what the question actually is asking is, how do we change schools? And that is a, a big order. It's very difficult and not something that we've succeeded well with in the majority of schools. But I think there's several things that I would say there. One thing is that it, it matters for a leader to really see a reason for asking their teachers to do something um, that's going to require a different way of thinking from them. And so I think a, a school leader needs to have a vision needs to be able to say, look at the kids in our school and let's really look at what we know about them. Who's doing really well here? Who's falling through the cracks? And even those kids that we think are doing well, could they be doing better if we were really focused more on them rather than just sort of a generic student in front of us? Let's talk about how it would improve kids' lives and how it would improve our professionalism. So I think having a vision is really important. A second thing I think you sort of intimated, and that is that it's hard to ask somebody to do something and to support them in doing it if you don't really understand it yourself. And I think it's really critical for school leaders to understand differentiation accurately with fidelity to the model. And so it's really important for principals to model differentiation for their teachers in exactly the same way that they are asking their teachers to implement differentiation in their classrooms. And then I think another thing that's really difficult in regard to making change for differentiation or making change at all, is that many school leaders haven't really had the opportunity to understand the change process and how it works. And we have lots of people who spent their whole careers studying that and can tell us a really lot about how things progress Um, what we can do when the going gets tough, um, points in a change process where different kinds of support systems are likely to be more useful than other points, how to talk with faculty members as individuals in a way that provides the leader good assessment information so that the leader has a good sense of how things are going.
0: I found your last chapter in leading for differentiation very intriguing. It focuses on resistance to change, which we just talked about. I wanted to know if a school leader wanted to earn a gold star for managing that resistance to differentiation initiatives, is there anything else that they could do, or or is there some way to narrow it down to just one piece of advice?
1: Certainly an important thing is something that a teacher has to learn in a classroom, and that is um, don't be defensive or afraid when things aren't going exactly like you thought they might figure out what's wrong and figure out how you can work with that and work with the people who are involved to make things better. I think in classrooms as teachers sometimes when kids become reluctant or defiant or when a kid's having a problem in his or her life and sort of lashes out at the teacher or or is not as responsive as you'd like, it's easy for a teacher as a human being to feel afraid of that or wounded by it rather than saying, okay, this is a sign for me and there's something happening here that I need to understand, because if I understand it, I can address it better. And so I think one thing that's important for principals is to understand there's never been a change process that didn't have some bumpy roads in it. And a good leader looks for those signals and then talks with individuals. Tell me how you're feeling about this. You've been working with this and this. What do you think your next step is? It's important to understand whether a teacher is feeling overburdened, undersupported, has misconceptions, um, feels unappreciated, um, is not understanding what they're trying to do. Sometimes teachers are testy as human beings because they're afraid if they subscribe to something, uh, their peers will be angry with them for signing on. Um, life is complicated in schools, and so a leader understands anything that happens in the way of change, and in fact, anything that happens in a school is going to have some ups and downs, and to try to understand those and realize that understanding leads you to a solution, I think is helpful to understand that some resistance, especially in the beginning of a change process, is often caused because we're worried about ourselves. Will I be able to do this? Will I look competent? Uh, Will people dislike me for doing it? And if you can get past that, then once people actually quit with the yes buts and start trying to do something, then people get anxious because I don't know if I did that right yesterday or I know I didn't do that right yesterday. Now what do I do? And it becomes a you know an incompetence kind of thing, making you feel like you're not as good as you can be. And so I think just really understanding the change process and the normalness of reluctance and the fact that it's possible, just like a parent can work with a reluctant or recalcitrant kid and work through, talk through, realize what's going on behind the... Testiness and work around that, so can good leaders if they understand what that means and are not afraid
0: of it. I appreciate how you keep bringing the experience of being a human being into the differentiation and the change process. Thank you again for listening to this episode of ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. Learn about Carol Ann Tomlinson's books including The Differentiated Classroom and Leading for Differentiation at www.ascd.org books.
1: You've been listening to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.